Welcome to the Scribes Journal. I am your host, the Scribe of Worlds. I am joined, as always, by Rippler on a chair. The writer <laughs> of sorry, the dismissed writer of Living on a Prayer. <laughs> so little known fact, the Violet author was actually invited to write the lyrics to Bon Jovi's hit song and was dismissed because I think it was because of the lemon on the pear incident. Lemon on the pear might have been it. Squidward on a chair was confusing to them because they didn't know what a Squidward was. That's my fault for trying to bring future subjects into the past. I'm not one of the time traveler writers on The Simpsons. They do a wonderful <laughs> job. Of that team is one of the best creative temporal artists that I know. That's so. a, that's That has to be something. Creative temporal artists is going in the character wheel. Cool do it i've been writing about chronomancy so that's been what? fun can you, chronomancy. Can you what is that yeah what is that it's the magical form of time okay yeah i've just been writing about it because of a certain character but all of that will be revealed oh point. so it's like in fantasy high which if you didn't know is a D D story written by brennan lee mulligan the best dm ever in history he really is yeah he's absolutely incredible I'm still trying to bribe Scribe into splitting a dropout TV subscription with me. For the sole reason of you being able to watch more of Brendan Mulligan, I know. Anyway, anyway, Chronomancy. Yes. And Chronomancy has to do with the subject of our thing today because we have used the magical powers of time to hop back into the past and spin the wheels already. <laughs> Yes. Well, no, you mentioned Brendan Lee. The reason I said chronomancy was you mentioned fantasy high oh. in relation to time magic. And I was oh, wondering where you were going. Right. Because I yes. The reason I that series. Yes. The reason I bring up Brendan Lee Mulligan is because one of his characters is a chronomancer, and I just forgot the name of it. A time wizard who is absolutely high on meth ninety percent of the time that he's interacting with these children. He's basically just discount Dumbledore, but high. It's great. In Fantasy High? Yes. Which season? Season one. The professor, like the head professor who disappears immediately. Oh, Egg yeah. Egg four, yes. I guess I guess you're right. Yeah, he does turn back time in that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're right. So yeah, Chronomancy, turning back time. Turn and back time. like the Violet author said, we turn back time and in order to save brain space and some podcasting space we have already rolled the wheels for today so if you're joining us for the first time normally we live roll a couple of wheels to see what we're going to be talking about today normally we roll a plot picker a possible character picker and if things are just too easy then we will roll what we call rut row raggy which is a chaotic collection of twists and turns for us to somehow work into our narrative. That only I know about. Yes. The Violet has created Roraragi, and I have not seen anything besides what's been shared on the show. So if you don't know about it, I don't know about it. Let's put it that way. Yep. Although for this season, we're doing something a little bit special. Because it is my season, it is October, the best month out of the entire year. The time where all joy and light meet all things uh, dark and grueling. I have created a special Rut Row Raggy Wheel. It is the spooky Rut Row Raggy Wheel. And it has everything Halloween themed. And uh, we will be using that today. Because we will not be rolling our regular 
Wheels will be rolling special Rut Raggy and something else. Yeah, so I've had this idea for a while, and we figured that would be a perfect day to kind of incorporate it in, into this time. We're going to play Genre Smashers. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some classic genres of literature, like fantasy, murder mystery, western, and roll two of them and try to combine them into some kind of world or story. So like I said, we have already spun them. So we do know what we are going to be doing. But just to give you a bit of element of suspense, we're going to take a second pause. Whoa, look at that. We got Western and science fiction. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yes. Ah, we did not know this before this moment. No, no. Thank you for the future time travelers for just putting it in our Google Doc. So Western and science fiction, this has been done in a couple of ways. So you have one way you can do is the Western style stories set in a science fiction landscape. So for example, Firefly is basically about spaceship cowboys. Another really classic example in more recent history is The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian yes. is basically just a cowboy going around collecting bounties. And the theme of that, the style that it's shot in is just very western that's the one way that we could take this the other mm -hmm. way we could take this is something like cowboys versus aliens in which aliens come and attack a western town so it's like set in the old west and there's some kind of science fiction event that happens there there's also a third option where we have you seen the episode of black mirror where they are oh no no love death robots love death yep, robots i've seen that one that's the one okay that's that's the one i was going to mention yes scribe introduced me to that show and oh my gosh i don't recommend it for anybody under the age of 19 but it is fantastic yeah. at taking all your expectations and just destroying them and then making something even cooler yep viewer viewer discretion is definitely advised but from a storytelling world building methodology it's it's really valuable and if you just want to enjoy stuff it's great to enjoy too so that's the other style do we have a preference i'm a fan of space farmers i'm a fan of people who have colonized a certain area of a planet simply because it has a resource that other people haven't because we can do a lot of things with that we can make it an entirely new resource we can make entirely new enemies what is trying to hunt this resource is it a plant is it an animal is it a plant animal a planimal if you will I you like planimal. We, what? we should make it about a group of shepherds who are all werewolves. Oh my gosh. No, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, Scribe. You're trying to make this a multiverse. So we've been over this. We can't make our writings a multiverse. No, 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 no. I want to clarify that when the idea came up for the the Uba story about escape containment, you were the one who wanted to make it a multiverse. And I have audio of you chanting multiverse multiverse <laughs> why do i make you the editor because then you remember things <laughs> because i'm the only one who knows how to do it that's accurate actually <laughs> so, yeah okay, cool. well maybe i've had a change of heart maybe i've realized that if we were going to make it a multiverse that would mean that every single episode you would have to reflect on other episodes and as you just heard i don't remember anything ever so for now, how do you feel about doing a random generated character from like a chat GBT? Um, we haven't done chat GBT yet. The reason why I'm saying it is because it is great if you're looking for a challenge. 
the only time I think that ChatGPT should really be tech used in writing is when authors are looking to flex their skills and concepts to practice with. That's the only time I'm ever comfortable using ChatGPT. I never want them to actually write anything that I'm working on, yeah. if that makes sense. Do you want to do a random D&D character? Oh my that gosh, instead? that is so fun. Yes. So what we're going to do is we're both going to go to separate D&D character generators. Play around this with is some Scribe stuff. actively telling me what to do. <laughs> yes, play around with some stuff and just kind of do a quick build like to create a character that you like. Okay. Do you want to do one each or two each? Maybe two, so we can get like a nice group. Alrighty. Sounds good. Perfect. Alrighty. So Scribe and I have whipped up some characters from different generators. You want to introduce one and then I'll go with one? Sure. So we will, I just want to clarify that we're probably going to reskin some of these. So there's going to be races and classes associated with these. We are going to be using the class abilities as a way to kind of influence what their role is within this world that we're building. And whether we keep their races or we change them to be more like aliens or whatnot, we'll kind of figure that out as we as we go in. But our first character is Dane. She is a female green dragonborn ranger. Her father died when she was young and her mother resents her for it. Her favorite thing in the world is friendship and kinship with others. The ideal that she holds herself to is that she can do the right thing, and when she does so, she will be proved right. Her flaw is that she cannot resist a challenge, and in this society, she is a forager and resource specialist, so that means that she's going out and finding new pasture land or other natural resources that are nearby for them to use. My first character is named Chet. He is a bugbear barbarian. Chet often misuses long words in order to sound smarter, which could be very fun to write. That's funny. He holds three magical stones and a pouch around his neck. He is convinced they will be used to save the world someday. He is very protective of the people that he's on a team with. He's extremely knowledgeable about the land that they are on, and he's good at his job. Our next character is Janal Casalatanira. He is a human rogue. Both of his parents are dead. Classic rogue, I know. Both of his parents yep. are dead, raised by his grandparents. He has an older brother and one younger. The older brother is a lawman, and he is raising his younger brother. Janal is the black sheep of the family. He wants to be the best at what he does, and he believes that he will be someone great, and he's looking for the chance to prove himself. Unfortunately, his flaw is that he cannot see another person's viewpoint easily, he always carries a pair of obsidian dice, ready to gamble at a moment's notice, and he is a petty thief, but is mostly ignored because his crimes are not major. And then we've got Hammer, who is a Kenku warlock, which I've never heard of Kenkus before, and I know who my next D&D character is going to be now. <laughs> um, she's only been alive for nine years, but her race mature at a very quick rate, so she's around the age of a 20-year-old. She's learned this trade from afar since she was young, but is only applying it for the first time now, so she's new to the team. She's generous and kind, but she can be ruthless if someone gets in her way to complete her main goal, which is to earn a high title and gain prestige for her family. Also, she plays a musical instrument, and I don't know what it will be, but that was, I liked that part that it generated, Very so I cool. kept that. I like it. Mm -hmm. So these are the space farmers that we will be using. So that's exciting. I am very excited. Let's set a 15-minute timer again for mm -hmm. Raggy, and we will start plotting. So I'm just going to pull this up. All right, 15 minutes starting 
now. Alrighty. So right off the bat, I feel like this is a team that has been sent by a corporation. So maybe they each have roles that they've been assigned. So how do you feel about that? I'm thinking that this is a community of farmer the 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 feeling I got was that this is like settlers in the old west. So there is a community already established and this these are the characters within that community that we were going to be following for this story. Gotcha. Um but with the the corporation mindset, having this group specifically being sent out to do something is a very classical science fiction trope. It's also a very classical fantasy trope, but we won't get into that. It could be (laughs) it could we could twist it in a way that would be a very western trope westerns usually are about defending the town or about exploration i'm thinking along the lines of the magnificent seven if you've ever seen any of those or the ridiculous six if you've ever seen that one but the magnificent seven same idea as like seven samurai this person has to go and collect these seven fighters in order to protect his town or to gain his revenge or whatever typically during that montage a good number of them will end up dying and those that remain will ride off into the sunset so I'm down to go in either either direction. I also don't know how we want to spin the science fiction aspect of it, if we wanted to include some science fiction tropes in that as well. I think that we could definitely combine them. Maybe this is definitely a community. We can go two ways with it. Either a corporation sponsored the original settlement, or this corporation found this settlement and was like, hey, we'll sponsor you to become bigger and better mm-hmm. if you let us also, like, take some of your stuff as part of the result. So we can either go with the route of, oh, we settled here because of this corporation, so we kind of rely on them for intergalactic support, or you can also spin it as half the town hates this corporation and the other half came here because the corporation sent them. So you could also have like a Romeo and Juliet-esque split of who's there for what reason. Oh, sure, sure. I think, okay, I'm going to take both of your ideas because mm-hmm. I think they're both really good. I think it makes sense for a corporation of some kind to kind of sponsor this settlement. I think what happens is that original corporation was very much hands-off. Like, we need people to live on this world and so we're going to help fund it. We'll provide resources until you're able to provide your own. And once you have your own you know, little economy, like, we will trade with you. But what happens is that original corporation gets bought out. And the corporation that buys them out is now coming to the town and saying, hey, we want to explore this world and see what other resources might be here. So we want to pay for like whether explorers come into the town and then use that as their base camp to go out of the town or whether they want members of the town to like go out themselves. I think that's what I like I'm, I'm kind of feeling. I like the concept of like this the corporation asks the town originally and the town's like yeah as long as they're not too obtrusive and now it's like the town's almost like overrun by these annoying adventurers who don't actually end up doing anything and all come for like oh i'm gonna be the first one to explore and find this big thing and then they all become washed up and just drink in the saloon and cause some havoc so i can almost picture like a settlement that's been pieced together from resources that they brought that looks like very home stylish and home stylish isn't a phrase looks very like (laughs) earthy and homey and kind of old-fashioned and then in this 
section like on the outskirts of town you've got this big encampment that's like more modern and does it clashes with the current vibe of the place and that's a representation of how this town has clashed with these adventurers and these explorers that have come in from the corporation sponsored by the corporation uh and they're not a fan of it yeah i really like what you said with like the whole romeo and juliet split like Mm -hmm. having two sides of this town where originally like it was really cool like oh wow you're off world like what's going on out there tell me everything and now there's just so many people that it's like we don't want you here and it's and it's very much like a, you know oh you're from the wrong side of the tracks but both sides think that the other is from the wrong side of the tracks yeah cool do we want to make any of these characters that we've come up with adventurers themselves or are all of them like to kind of play that whole opposing viewpoints thing or do we want all of them to be from like the actual town i would like one of them to be an explorer just to have that alternative perspective but i i think that the majority of our characters it would make more sense if they were settlers my thought was one of the explorers perhaps the one that we choose from our character list finds something that they're not supposed to find and accidentally awakens or summons an evil from somewhere else in the universe that is now coming to destroy this town. And now the settlers and the explorers have to band up to defend it. I know it feels a little bit cliche, but I feel like we could do it in a way that's more original than it sounds. Yeah. So some other things to kind of run off of that. We could do some kind of invasion is coming and they have to go find some kind of technology to stop the invasion. Like, you know, Ooh, what I'm thinking I like is, that more. So what I'm thinking is like they, whichever explorer we find comes in and inadvertently turns on like a tracking beacon or like a, a homing signal or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that would like let them know that an invasion is coming, but somehow that would like start a clock, like whatever base was here millennia ago or centuries ago is now sending out a distress signal to this this group that's coming right and they figure out that like there's some of these kinds of weapons up in the mountains and have to go find those those weapons or something that might be fun here's what i'm thinking going off of that i like that a lot because that's a little bit less it's more like the explorers are seeking out the settlers instead of the settlers are speaking out the explorers and i'm I'm very against gentrification. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's where landowners will buy up properties that are in low-income areas and then revamp them and make them too expensive for the people who originally lived there to live there anymore. And basically, Mm -hmm. they kick out whole communities for the chance for something bigger, brighter, more expensive, feeding into the upper class and disparaging the lower class. I don't want this to be a message of... The lower class people have to finally accept that the higher class people have been right all along. I would much rather it be like, oh, we came in here and we screwed up and now we need to ask the people who were originally here for their help. Sure. I like that. I like that. I think a way that we could play it is this this town has been running for like quite some time. And one of the oldest surviving, like maybe he was in the original party or whatever, but like this this person is like, oh, yes, I remember like that technology, like. They were here when we came, but there were only a few of them and they died out quickly. But like he remembers that the the interaction and he's like, they were peaceful, but they always mentioned that their people were not or something like that. Interesting. And and then that would kind of set off the, the oh, I don't want to call it a quest, 
goodness, I really don't want to call it a quest. Why not? What's wrong with quests? We love because a good quest. I do love a good quest, but now I feel like we're we're writing fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons. But it fun. is a oh, what's a Western version to say a quest? How to say a, a quest task. in Western? <laughs> that didn't come up with anything. I was a quest in different languages. Oh. No, no, no. No, this could be fun. We could call it, uh, if we want to go check, we could go Glendai. Estonian okay, is just quest. Frisian nice. is just quest. There's a late. Icelandic is late. <laughs> We're late. So, yeah, they go on this late. In Welsh, <laughs> it's it's quest with a C-W-E-S-T. Oh, that's so funny. It's a quest, woo. I'm not making fun of any languages. I'm just being me. Yeah, so I think, but that would kind of give them a, a goal and a touch point of we wouldn't have to do the whole these people are trying to figure it out or maybe maybe it could even be uh which it could be janal because he was raised by his grandparents so maybe his grandparents told stories about this race they lived in some kind of subterranean whatever and mm -hmm. one of the explorers has accidentally stumbled into one of their somethings and we could say that they call someone and the invasion is coming or they set off some kind of awakening system in this i don't know no i like it i think that maybe here's my thought and you can totally shoot this down one of the explorers does find something he finds an old bunch of documents written by this past settlement group about a, an annual invasion that comes through and wipes people out and like destroys everything and they only have a little bit of time but because the corporation is this highbrow society they don't believe it they'll be like no nah, come on like we would we, we would have heard about this by now but it signals that they've only got a few days until this invasion hits. So without the corporation's help, they must follow these texts and this person who knows where this old location is to turn on the old defense system created by the past settlement in order to make these people these this invasion like pass on by. Like I, I'm picturing mm. giant locusts, space sure. locusts. Yeah. I... Oh, uh oh. Uh-oh, spaghettos! Well, you here we go. You know what time it is, folks. It is spooky raggy. Time of the day when I spin the wheel of chaos and confuse and concern my partner, Scribe. All right. Are you ready, brother, for the spinaging am... of the wheeling? I'm, yes, I'm very ready for the spinaging of the wheeling. It's being sponaged. Okay, interesting. Okay. Character A is convinced that character B is a vampire and will do anything in their power to reveal this secret, even though it is not true. So my question, does this Rotoragi imply that the army that is coming to invade is a group of vampires? I mean, I was going to write it in more of a lighthearted way of like this character pulling out all these silly hijinks to try and prove this person's a vampire and this other person just rolling their eyes to me like, yeah, okay, whatever, Travis, like you can sniff that garlic all you want. It's not going to make me any different. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. So they have to go find the old defenses, right? Yeah. Sorry. I'm having a very, big, very much fun typing giant space locust annual invasion. <laughs> okay. So I think, I think to throw this into more of a thriller, spooky, like suspense filled, Story. Okay. The way that it should be formatted is we should call it like the swarm or something like that. And each chapter should start with like 
13 days before the swarm. Oh, I like that. So each time, like each chapter, the swarm gets closer and closer until it's like a swarm or morning of the swarm or whatever. Anna, just as a, as a side note to anyone listening who's looking for writing tips, that's a way to let your reader know, because obviously the characters won't know that the swarm is coming for a while, but that's a way to let your readers know and they have the suspense. They have the fear of something that your characters don't know about yet. So that means that the entire book is a suspenseful read, even if the characters aren't in their hour of dread just yet. Anyway, back to this. So I have an idea. Mm -hmm. I think Janal should be the off-worlder. And the reason I say that is because it gives, it's the easiest reason for him being here. Like, yes, he got into some trouble with thievery on another world. So he jumped onto this ship. And ended up here and is being like, yeah, I'm an adventurer. And he's actually just like stealing to stay alive. Stealing and gambling mm -hmm. to stay alive. And I don't know how he finds the records. But I think somehow, I think he's the he's the one that probably stumbles on this onto this thing. If we want to be an off-worlder. I do like that. I like that he's neither. I like that truthfully he's neither explorer nor settler. He's a rogue he's a runaway and so he's kind of the reader's insert into this because he's discovering both of these worlds at the same time and that's that's an important thing for a reader also going off on my own writer advice moment when you have a main character you need to make sure that the the audience can connect in some way and oftentimes one of the best ways to do that is to have the character be as clueless as the readers because then the character and the readers can learn information at the same time. And you don't have to do a lot of info dumps when the book starts because the character is not getting info dumped. They can mm -hmm. learn about the world in little bits and pieces as they go along through dialogue, through just world building elements of this character getting introduced to things for the first time as well. So that's, I kind of like Janal being that main character, the reason that the audience can connect and learn alongside of him. And just to insert this here, if you're wondering, how do I make this, you know, not too much exposition or too clunky, ask yourself, what questions would a newcomer ask? Mm -hmm. you know, they would ask, where do you eat? Where do I sleep? And then what kind of answers would a townsfolk give? You know, oh, well, you eat over there. They don't need to give a long-winded explanation of, oh, well, we all eat over there because gigantic history of the town culminating in why that's the best food place. Like, no, we all right. eat over there because the other place is trash. That's all you need to know. Anyway, so do we want to just jump into the outline and like start it out with, I think, it, I think it would start with Janal getting there, right? Unless we wanted to do flashbacks. I think that we should do a day zero. Okay. My thought is that Janal arrives and his ship drops him off at the explorer's encampment. Oh, wait, what if they drop him off at the settler's encampment? And then the settlers are like, hi, welcome, one of us. And then he's like, oh, no, uh, I I'm from off world. And they're like, oh, you're an explorer. And he gets to see that distaste right off the bat. And they send him to the explorer's camp where they kind of welcome him in a bit more like or excitedly. What do you think? What if what if it's the reverse where he literally is like run out of the ship? Like he's cheated and gambled his his way all along this trip. Mm -hmm. And so when he gets out, everyone, all the other explorers who traveled in with him are like, get out of here. We don't want you around. Like all of our money is in your pocket now. How, how are we supposed to get by? And so he's actually forced out of the explorer camp and into the settlers where he is reluctantly 
allowed to stay in like the inn or something. I love that. I think that's great. And I also like this picture of him sitting down with maybe Hammer or Dane, either one of them in the town and beginning to forge a relationship with a character there. I actually, I kind of like Dane for it. Because her ideal okay. is I do the right thing and I'll be proved right. So maybe he ends up in the bar or in the in the town, the main area of the town. And Dane is like, you look very lost. And if you knew what you were doing here, you wouldn't come to this part of town. Like, what's up with you? And ends up being his olive branch into the community because she's the she'll vouch for him. She's like, listen, like, we know he's an explorer, but he doesn't have anywhere else to go. Come on, like. We're a team. Let's let's add him in. And what if on that note, the reason they start talking is because she can't resist a challenge. Someone's like, well, how are you going to pay? And he's like, I'll play you for it. Ooh, I like it. So so Dane does it. And I think what would be really cool is Janal has the opportunity to cheat, but doesn't. Like hmm. he has this moment of I could cheat and make this person pay. For whatever reason, he doesn't, and Dane notices, and is like, you lost, but you lost fair and square. I'll still cover your meal, or something like that. I like that, and I especially like if maybe that's something to discuss beforehand, where she's like, you know, the only reason that these people wouldn't like you is if you did something to tick them off. What did you do? And he admits to some level of being a swindler, mm -hmm. and that's her challenge to him, is like, if you can win a game fair and square, I will, like, buy you food. It gives him some incentive to change his tune a little bit. And in this moment, what we're seeing is the importance of cause and reaction. So mm -hmm. when you have a character, you're going to want to make a character arc. A stagnant character is a boring character and is often disappointing. Even if that character's arc doesn't have them change their actions, characters have to have movement within a story in order to feel believable. In this moment, we're seeing Janal has had a cause and reaction. He has gambled and therefore has lost favor with a crew. He's down on his luck. We also see Dane feeding into her character of, I want to challenge others and I like to be challenged. So she's playing to her strengths and also establishing who she is as a character right away. Sorry, side note to the side note. If you establish something about a character, if you establish they fidget a lot, they don't like spicy food, they love a challenge, you are required as an author to use that in some yep. context at some other point in the story or you are just Mary Janeing something up for no use. I've been watching a lot of The Crimson Rogue that I've discussed earlier, and this is one of his biggest complaints when reading books, is that something will be brought up in a moment and never talked about again. All that to say, we're seeing Dane's character being built, and we're seeing these two situations move into each other and cause a different reaction for Janal that begins to work into his building character arc, causing him to be able to see the world in a little bit of a different light. I like this a lot. It really builds off of both characters. And so soon into the story, we're getting a feel for these two characters, who they are as people individually, and how they will be when they interact. These two people have proven that they make each other stronger. So Janal will stay the night in the inn, but he's going to need work. What would make more sense? Is he going to try and continue getting work from the explorers or is his new... Because here's I the problem. We need to get him out into the wilderness. Yeah. Feasibly. So I think, I think what happens, we already have Dane as being the forager slash resource specialist. Mm -hmm. She's already going out further afield to find this kind of stuff. So we have this perfect setup for that where Dane says, 
I'll meet you here for breakfast and then I can show you around the town before I had to go to work or whatever. Shows up for breakfast and she's there with her two friends, Chet and Hammer. I think Chet is going to be the one that's convinced that Janal is a vampire. Oh my gosh, yes. I love it. And I think that's because Janal is probably the only, he is the only human among them. Like everyone else is some kind of alien race. He's the only human and he's been inside in space for so long that he has like super pale skin and he matches the perfect description of what Chet thinks a vampire would be. Anyway, so he meets them. Dane and Chet are established foragers, resource management people within the town. Mm -hmm. I think Hammer is their newest trainee because you said that she's been learning her trade from afar since she was young but yeah. only applying it for the first time so like she's a relatively new to the team and so i think one of them probably dane says you don't have anything else to do today why don't you just come with us maybe specifically with hammer like hammer why don't you show him the ropes and hammer is like really i get to show somebody the ropes for once like she's yeah really like super that. excited to not be the new person I like that. I like that. I think that's just the day. Like, I don't think he finds anything that day. I think what happens is on day two, he gets too full of himself and decides, like, he goes out with Hammer again. And he decides, like, yesterday, we, we walked and we walked and we didn't find anything. So today, why bother walking? I'm just gonna, like, chill on this hillside for the day. And I'll come back and I'll say that we didn't find anything. And Hammer's like, no, like, we can't do that. And Janal's like, no, seriously, I've done this so many times before. All you have to do is look busy when the boss is nearby. Like, Dane's not even going to know. And so this is kind of like the, the tug between the idealistic young hammer being like, no, we got to do our best. And Janal being like, no, like, come on, seriously. But what happens is wherever they end up hunkering down to rest or just to hang out, like maybe it's a cave. He's like, we'll just hide in this cave. So that way, if anyone walks by, they won't see us. It ends up being this place where whatever it is, like this record is kept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the idea. One of the things that I like is this anti-magnet effect where Janal has his whole life has been about cheating the system. And so he, he can't seem to get it out of his head that he needs to cheat this system somehow. But Hammer yeah. is like gung-ho at her job and she's so excited to be there. But she doesn't want to be the new person and she doesn't want to be alone. He's like, what about this cave? Why don't you go ahead and explore this cave while I sit here and make sure that nobody bothers us? And she's like, fine, yeah. I'll explore this stupid cave that we've like written off for months and months. I have wanted to explore it, but you have to promise me that when I'm done, we're going to keep moving on. He's like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Already sitting down to take a nap and like read his book and yeah. unravel for the day. And so maybe Hammer gets pretty far into this cave. Do you want to have a dramatic Hammer slips and falls into a cavern a little bit beneath? And so Janal has to come and rescue her and that's when they find things? Or do you want it to just be in this cave? Because I feel like it being a little more hidden would be nice. What if it's something like, so Hammer's smaller than the rest of them, right? Yes. Tiny. So yeah, so maybe it's like, she's like, oh, well, we've already gone through there. And he's like, well, maybe you'll see something that they miss or like, you know, well, I haven't been in there yet or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then he says like, oh, you're, you're smaller. You'll fit better. And she fits back and then realizes like, hey, there's a bigger space through this gap that she would be the only one to fit through. So like everyone else would have discounted it because it's like, you know, whatever. But she's kind of like in it and she's like, wait, this opens up. And then on the other side, 
would be the reveal. I hate that just because I'm claustrophobic and the concept of squeezing through things. I went caving once and it only made it worse. So I can like see and feel what she would have to do and I'm so unhappy, but I think it's a great plot point. <laughs> okay, yeah. But then the question is, we need a way for Janal to also be able to go through this because we need him to see it himself or the readers are going to be left in suspense the whole time. If we've made him the eyes for the readers, the readers need to see it. So maybe... Sure. Maybe her version of small is just everyone here, these aliens are massive compared to humans, but that's their normal size. So Kenkus are the only thing close to a human size. That could work. And that makes a lot of sense. But I think what happens is there's some kind of like door on the other side and she can't figure out how to get it opened. But the lock is designed in such a way that someone who is an avid gambler, i.e. and all, would be able to figure it out. He... Or it's a lock. He's He could have done lock or it could be a at lock. some point yeah. in his time yeah that would make sense they get the they get the lock open so i think moving forward we should just quickly write what happens in each day and we can kind of expound on that we have really good bases for all of our characters and as we think of character arcs we can talk about them i think what happens in day two so they've found whatever this is but i think day two is when he tries to share it with the explorers like the off-worlders and they completely discount him obviously because he's a liar and a thief and he's just calling wolf day three dane who you know knows everyone and knows everything is like you know well maybe we can figure out what these are talking about from some of the older people and so they go to talk to some like the record keepers i think we could do that in day two i feel like that's he doesn't have so to spend like, an entire okay. day but in the evening like oh you know it's it's fantasy bingo night so let's we can go ahead there and get some lore for the elders <laughs> sci-fi sci-fi bingo space night, space yeah. bingo space bingo yeah. the balls float and this is where when he's up with the elders that they're like oh yeah we remember this old settlement that used to be here i can't believe you found some of their stuff you know they used to have an encampment up in the mountains and they had some weird machinery that we never understood and dane's like that must be how they warded everything off and maybe there's stuff within the symbols that i think sorry i got totally sidetracked yeah no no i think i think i think you're right on the on the right track so i'm gonna finish your thought and hopefully it's the same one Mm -hmm. i think what happens is like one of them can actually so they can see this brief portion that is translated to their written language and it's like you know danger or whatever so he's like look danger 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 to all the off-worlders when he brings it to the record keepers they're like oh wow we've we've only ever seen this first portion we haven't seen like the rest of this and in it it says like danger the swarm comes and then like in order to stop the swarm here are the steps and dane is flipping through and is like i recognize these mountains we've gone through these mountains we but we've never seen this portion before and hammer probably pipes up and is like well that's probably because you've never gotten down onto our level to look because all of these oh, things. Oh, because the old people used to be the same. The old settlement used to be yep. the same, like height and dimensions as Kenku or human, which is not yes. what these people are. So they would have overlooked any of the hidden areas if they were already hidden to small folk. To big folk, they'd be itty bitty. Right. Exactly. I also like writing them down as small folk or big folk. Like that's how they refer to <laughs> human-sized things and non-alien sized things. You're a small folk, you are. And us big folk. <laughs> I like that. I do too. I, I like what you do with that. I think like the record keepers would be different people than the elders. Like bring it to the record keeper and immediately get this information of, oh, like there's a big danger here. 
And then the next day, that's why Janal goes immediately to the Explorers because he's trying to get help from the corporation. He's like, yo, we got to let this big company know that everything's coming. But the Explorers, they already don't like the Settlers because they're like, oh, you guys are just trying to scare us off the planet. So Dane's existence doesn't help anything. And then they're like, oh, yeah, and now you're trying to swindle us because you want us to leave so you can take all our stuff. Yeah, nah, -uh. we're not even going to mention it to the corporation because they'll panic. And I think something else that gets tossed out here, Dane throws up her hands and she throws in the towel like right away because she's just like, this isn't worth our time. She's ready for any challenge, but not this one. And yeah. one of the off-worlders like mutters. So she can't hear it, but Janal does. Doesn't matter if these things come, we can take them. And if we're lucky, they'll wipe out that town and we won't have to, you know. Oh, so the explorers actually want this to happen. I think they just don't care. They're like, if it comes, we have the big guns and we'll be able to defend ourselves. And if they die, then they die. That's not our right. problem. Then at least we'll be, we'll have more beer to go around. Right. Like, so in the settlers, like originally, this was a symbiotic relationship between settlers and corporation and now the corporation feels like they don't need the settlers and the settlers wish they didn't need the corporation mm -hmm. i love this i love the element of big folk small folk because a it's so singular to this like little western settlement tribe that they're all big they're all so big that they missed this they weren't able to access it until now we have a person that's like this has been here all along it's just you guys were literally unable mm -hmm. to access it because of your size i think this is so fun. I'm enjoying this a lot. I think also it kind of parallels the we both need each other. Like yeah. the corporation did need the settlement and the settlement did need the corporation and the small folk needed the big folk and the big folk needed the small folk. Yeah, it all it all ties together really nicely. That's something that I find a lot when I'm writing. Even if I'm not sure how something is going to connect while I'm writing, I keep writing because eventually something's going to fall into place because my mm -hmm. brain, human brains are wired to make connections and so your brain is subconsciously trying to connect things before you even realize you're connecting them that's why one of the funny things that's going around writers tiktok right now is like my editor's praising me for foreshadowing i don't remember writing right right so that's what i just wanted to mention is like don't give up hope if you're confused like how does this work it, it might it might just fall into place later down the line you just have to keep going in order to find out okay yeah. day three i kind of want to save them actually leaving the expiration for day four maybe day three is them Oh, oh, you know what? Chet, they need someone else. So far, it's just been Dane, Janal, and Hammer. Maybe let's have Chet be, day three is them convincing Chet to join them. Okay, so Chet has some kind of skill that yeah. would be useful in this. Yes, okay. I, I like that. I think that we just need another element of like, before they leave the town, because I, I want to spend a tiny bit more time in this group. He, maybe he's mountain folk. He migrated from the mountain area to come and join the settlement when the explorers started annoying him like a like a reverse Shrek where he doesn't go back to the swamp <laughs> but he's kind of bumbling and like he's not fully or maybe, a maybe settler or maybe maybe he's so here's a thought maybe when mm -hmm. the settlement came the main conglomerate stayed in this one place like by water or whatever but then Chet's family went up into the mountains and kind of like made a home up there like very classical mountain man and so even though Chet's immediate parents live in town all of his family 
were up there. So he grew up running through those fields with his cousins. And he knows those mountains like the back of his hand. Mm -hmm. So day three is convincing Chet to join them and preparing for their journey by grabbing supplies. I think it's going to be a countdown to the very end. And I think they finally succeed in turning on machines on day six, like maybe midday yeah. on day six. And and they don't even know if it's worked. Yeah, they have no idea if it's still a working machine. So they just have to head back down and be like, well... This right. is our last line of defense. All we can do is hope. So I think day four is they leave the settlement. Day five is they explore the mountains. Yeah. And, and they I find they find it. Yes. What if day four, they come across a group of explorers who like hassle them somehow? Like they, they run into the explorers again. Here's the thing. I oh, want to... Okay. I want to give day four some more meat other than they explore. But I also, I'm not quite sure, should the explorers be redeemable? I think we should have the explorers like continue to follow them. I think I think the way that we could turn it into a positive antagonism. At some point, they need to jumpstart the machines. And they didn't bring anything like super power pack related because mm -hmm. they don't need anything like that. But all the off-worlders do. So the off-worlders like come into this place and they're all ready to like beat up our group of four. And then they see the machines and one of them's like, oh, you were actually right. There yeah. is something, you know? And that gives them the moment to say, and Janelle's like, yes, we were right, but it's no good. We have no way of jumpstarting this. We have no way of getting the machines going. And and all of them decide to like, maybe it's a personal communication device or something, but they hotwire all these batteries together to jumpstart this machine in order to start it running. Gotcha. And then the swarm day is them like, we don't know if this worked, but we're going to all head to the saloon and pool our resources. <laughs> and if this is the last day we die, we die drunk. <laughs> But like in a compatriot, like for the first time in forever, like they're all drinking at the same spot, like they're all playing cards together. And like, there's finally a commonality that's been reached through their desperate tr attempts at survival that had not been reached before. And then they watch as the machine actually ends up working. And they're like, well, now what? Well, I mean, we seem to work pretty well together. Do we want to give this whole like, we're okay with you if you're okay with us thing a try? And everyone's like, yeah, whatever, we'll try it. And then happy days. <laughs> Can I edit it a little bit? Of course. So I think what happens is that like the machine starts to rumble and the the off-worlder who's been the lead antagonist, but you know, it is like, did it work? Is it working? And Dane, who has kind of come into her own as a leader among these all, mm -hmm. is like, I don't know. But what I do know is that if it doesn't, we need to get back down and be ready to fight. And yes. so the off-worlders go back to the off-world community and rally them while I the like settlers that. do the same to their town. And the swarm comes and the wall holds and mm -hmm. everyone's like breathes this huge sigh of relief. But they're all standing side by side, like off-worlder yes. and settler. And the wall holds and then all of a sudden like they start to break through. And so then you have this fight scene where the wall does most of the work, but the ones that do get through the, the group is able to fend off. And then there's this shared, like, we had to fight together. And if you hadn't found this, we all would have been wiped out. Right. I like and that. Then I, I think, like that a lot. And then I think one of the off-worlders or something offers to buy drinks. He's like, maybe, maybe well, he says something drinks like, on me. He's like, we've taken enough of your money. Like, it's time to give some back to you or something like that. I don't know. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that it plays well into everything and how everything works together. Together. That's a good ending. I like the because here's my problem is I was trying to figure out a way for us to make these other people redeemable because it's like at the end of the day everyone's there 
for the same reason. It's just that they hadn't worked together in order to like understand why they were all doing it. Yeah. And this allowed them some common commonality. I like when we make something that works really well. Yeah, this one was really fun. I would I would wholeheartedly like actually write this and read this. Oh, 100 percent And if anyone ever does, because we, you know, as we've said before, we we, we might we I, I honestly like that this is one that I would be willing to come back to, especially because really? we have especially because we have all of the days listed out like this that's true Ooh. like yeah maybe that maybe this will be our summer project next year oh you know what well hey if any of you listeners are intrigued and would like to see us follow up on this more let us know if you think this is something that we could make into like a full-fledged story we would love to hear it we would also like to get some character names or ideas as you could see we used a DD generator for some of them and that allowed us to get kind of a more of an alien feel but if you have any ideas for aliens that we could add in like oh feel free to drop those because that could be a lot of fun yeah okay Hey, if you guys are interested in getting a recap on what we just wrote today, feel free to check out scribeofworlds.com, which is where Scribe's website is based. We have recaps of everything that we've written. I just did a super quick recap, but I have a feeling it's going to be too long. So if you want to hear my crazy recap, check out our Instagram. We might be pulling that out for a promo bit. Oh, yeah. And all that to say, please give the Spotify a five star. Let us know if you have any ideas for characters. Anyone who inputs a character under the comments in one of our Instagram posts gets put in a raffle. And if I pick you, I write a short story about your character. So uh, that's incentive. We also just love any kind of engagement. So feel free to engage with us. Subscribe. Anything else you want to say before we close this out? No, I think this one was a lot of fun. I hope you guys really enjoyed it and genre smashers will continue to come up as we as we go out on this podcast so if you have any other genres that you want to want us to do specifically let us know and maybe that will be one of ours and then we'll spin a wheel and, and match something up with that but yeah let us know what you think hopefully you enjoyed it just as much as we did enjoy this stay safe from the vampires out there and we'll see you next time wander well goodbye